What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Bob's Tavern Cast, the show where we talk about all things Hearthstone and all things Battlegrounds. Actually, very few things Hearthstone and mostly things Battlegrounds. I am your bartender, Jay. And I'm your bartender, Don. And I'm Patron Demi. That's right. This is our interview show. And... I am so stoked to be chatting with the one and only Bemi. And I, I definitely say one and only because I have been able to uh, check out your stream a couple of times in the past week, um, follow just all the crazy stuff that you've been up to, uh, just seeing whether it's other podcasts that you've been on and so many other little things that when all put together makes for such a busy, busy life. So, uh, Benny, take a second, introduce yourself to those that don't know you and, uh, yeah, tell the tavern what you're about. Uh, well, thank you for the drinks, by the way. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm Benny. I work in esports uh, full time right now as an organizer, but I wear a lot of different hats. Uh, I also, I uh, do commentary. I also do uh, production for events. But uh, right now, I'm an event organizer, and that's kind of the way my life goes. And then uh, sometimes I do part-time streaming on the end. I'm trying to push forward more in 2020. And uh, yeah, all around, I'm just a big old video game nerd kind of person. I do a bunch of different stuff. I think it's crazy that you're not just doing, like, one event. Like, you're doing a few now like what are all the different events that you're a part of um let's see there's a there's a there's a big list but uh to keep it to hearthstone because this is a hearthstone podcast uh i have uh dreamhack anaheim uh coming up in february uh tomorrow uh along with coming up in march we have the monkey bubble masters we have the qualifiers going on this month america specifically for this one uh north america and uh then the masters division in march and then we have also the monkey bubble european brawl which is kind of an h GG uh, system that we made for a Euro Cup with all the European servers. And then on top of that, we also have, uh, I think, House Rivalries coming up in April, both America's and EU division, to showcase esports organizations and their Hearthstone team to basically uh, have an event that uh, appreciates uh, organizations sponsoring Hearthstone players and having teams and stuff and being part of our community. And uh, those are all the Hearthstone-related events that I'm doing. And then I have a new Hearthstone project that I'm going to be announcing soon uh later on this year once i have everything confirmed that's super exciting even more stuff and that's only hearthstone right like you are involved in some other games as well so that is crazy yep we got apex overwatch a bunch of other stuff uh i th the list goes on and i'm always looking for new games to break into i'm more focused mainly on strategy games because i feel like they're more than not inclusive than other com compared to esports like other shooters and uh fighting games they tend to be a little more inclusive with strategy but um yeah i just love video games <laughs> that's pretty much the tldr of it 
That's so awesome, though, that it you've been able to create a career around playing video games, which, again, you know, we grew up in a, a time where we were told you would never your video game playing would never amount to anything. So you are really living the dream. And we will talk more about that dream. But first, let's catch up on some Hearthstone life. So, Bimmy, as our, our featured patron of the day, how are you uh, battlegrounding? I'm doing pretty well. I'm getting top four a lot of the time, which is uh, fun for me. Uh, but it's basically, long story short, I have been kind of one-tricking a lot of the times. So if it doesn't work out that I get that, I kind of go menagerie with the best I can. Uh, and then I just kind of push from there. Uh, at the moment, what I've been running is like a Death Rattle Beast Um more so with, um, I forgot what the five cost is called, but basically it triggers death rattles twice with also, uh, the, the Baron Riven there. Yeah, there you go. With the, with the, with the big wolf that also does plus four plus four. And basically I've been comboing just stats on stats and, uh, just trying to get golden rat packs and a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, basically, uh, what I find is, is that if you can just easily reload the board a lot of the time, as long as it's not like some crazy uh, demon or murloc build that managed to get really lucky in the early game, it, it has more than not a top four tendency. I like death rattles, so that sounds like fun. Like stats on stats, I like the sound of that. <laughs> I am on record with saying that Baron Rivendare is my favorite Battlegrounds minion. It's so good. It really is. And like before, like there, oh, go ahead. There, there's like, so planning for death rattles is already hard because you're you're planning for things that aren't there, and it's so volatile. But at the same time, planning for twice as many death rattles makes it even harder. Um, I think that's been the thing that I've learned in death rattle builds. It's not necessarily about the death rattles that you can trigger. It's about chaining those death rattles together to really expand on, uh, the advantage that you have, you know, when you're able to say Baron Rivendare into Goldrin, okay, that's literally plus eight plus eight like that. That is so hard to, uh, work around in, in a strategy, on top of that, creating things like um, Dragon, who is the six, is the tier six that summons the last two mechs. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Or the first two oh. mechs that have died. Like, have, having that plus Baron Rivendare, that, I mean, and if they're golden, you literally are able to put six six minions back on the board if you can align your minions correctly. So... Just that whole idea of being able to make things that people have planned for and then just go, okay, you plan for one, but can you plan for two or can you plan for three? That was the whole reason they wanted to nerf um, Shaman in Standard right now because a lot of people were talking about, okay, I can play around Shutterwalk going off uh, you know, with Galakron, but at the same time, I don't know if I can do that two or three times. 
I can I can do it once, maybe twice. So yeah, th- it's it's really cool to see uh, Death Rattle still being uh, in the top. Yeah, you won't get any arguments from me. <laughs> yeah. Death Rattles just they give you such a repetitive board and that consistency of like, okay, well, sure, this thing died. But now there's something else on board to kind of help finish off their minions or instead of a draw, hey, now you ended up winning, which in some cases like that can make a huge difference in a game. Pretty much. And also on top of that, a lot of the times with the death rattle, it helps you draw a lot more of the time. And if you're not losing health, you're not dying. So it's really good. Like, honestly, I think you could cheese with death rattle a lot of the times. Like, if I feel desperate, I will just make bomb mechs. And I will just literally just try to get as many bomb mechs as I can. And just literally just triple the triple quad the death rattle and like i'll try to get a level three of the and like just trigger the death rattle so many times and it procs so many divine shields because they're hoping that the divine shields will be enough to keep them alive and then it's like no you suck here you go i just want to point out that death rattle cheese needs to be like my next uh gamer name tag i, I played bass for death rattle cheese <laughs> That's amazing. I need that to be like like um, a Team Heart League team or something. I need it just. To, I need oh a team to be called that. It's <laughs> amazing. amazing. I love it. We are DRC so Dragon, Esports. How, how how have your battleground journeys been these days? Um, I don't know. Mine feels so hit or miss. I either take like first or second, or I'm like seventh. I don't like I don't know. It's it feels so up and down and I don't know. It I guess in standard you were kind of comparing standard. It feels very swingy. And I'm not sure if that's just the lobbies I'm getting put into or if I'm just doing something wrong in my games, but I don't know. My games feel very swingy. Well, I am happy to announce that I have played as few battlegrounds games as i have played since it came out which most people would think isn't that a bad thing no that's actually a good thing because i have been known to spam games even when tilted but i think i've only played six games this week and i have been in the top four in every single game so i am learning slowly but i am teaching myself to take more and more breaks. Well, I think I know something that might uh, make you play some more. I think I'm going to play some more. And that is, we have a patch. Things are things are changing. Ah! <laughs> I need to get a new uh, bumper for patches. So, uh, I'm... <gasps> <gasps> No, we need oh, a man. patches the pirate. Patches the pirate. <laughs> His sound bites. That's what we need to use. Oh, it actually is not even bad to get the patches. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's jump into this this huge patch that was announced. I, I think what what was the wow the swing of this? It was it was the day before yesterday, and then today was the day. 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, two days ago they said, we're going to patch things. And people were like, what? Oh, I mean, it's not as bad. I remember one time when I was like, I was. it was during my, my days at WESG. And we were, it was during the Shutterwalk meta, like the first Shutterwalk meta. And it was basically, um, we we had the thing where like Druid's uh, Nourish was tra- changed to six mana and natural growth was like four manners or like three mana now instead of two. And like, yeah. we saw the announcements happen and then they were like, wait, that's today. And it happened on the same day that, or like the day before WSOE happened as well. Yeah, they need to really like reach out to people and be like, "Hey, we're going to apply a patch." No, in no, no. This many days. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. They got to keep us on our toes. Yeah, it's reaction well, time. Didn't that happen with um, the Grandmasters as well? That there was an event, or no, it wasn't Grandmasters. It was the team tournament. Uh, no, it was. It was. Are you tight? I I mentioned the WSOE the women's cup thing. No, no, not not WSOE. This was like last month where last there month. was literally like the one week meta, and it was right in the middle. Oh yeah, of wasn't there like an invitational or something? <laughs> oh, I don't know, dude. I well, I mean, technically, Global Games was done weeks before it was broadcasted or something like that. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? The only, fact that we're mixing guys. up which events coincided with which patches and which patches, that, that's <laughs> probably not really a good sign. <laughs> but, I mean, I think with how many events go on, and like they can't try to you know match up a patch with not interfering with anything because then they'd never put out patches. So I I don't know about that though because like the the events are so far in between uh that realistically you could just not do that. And like I mean right, the right. first the most recent evidence of like they are willing to hold it back was at the SEA games and Gia just went like hang on a second. You're going to screw us over. We practice this for months. No, no, no. You're not going to do this and they were like, "Oh, okay. It's Gia. We better listen." You know, and it's just like you're not going to argue with Gia. Gia's a boss. She's she's going to get her way. Thank goodness for Gia. Yeah. But I mean, it- there, there are a lot of community-run stuff, too, though. You know, the weekly matches happening, and it's like, you just can't... You know, you, a lot of people are kind of upset about that. Well, what about our matches? And it's just unrealistic to expect Blizzard to try to you know, time patches around everything. I And I, I appreciate the lack of suspense, um, uh, or, like, just kind of throwing us in there. I think it... it, 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 it forces more of the community to band together to think about what's going to be the new meta or at least you know it really gets the uh the, the old uh quote tweeters talking about you know what they think is going to be good now yeah and i do want to mention too you know you, you talked about they're not keeping us in suspense i mean in the past they would say hey we're gonna be nerfing something or these are the nerfs and then it would seem like it would take forever and orange was even pointing out that when you know what the nerfs are or you know there's nerfs coming, sometimes it's really unmotivating to want to even play. Like, during that time when you're like, oh, well, okay, something's going to get nerfed, and now it's like, why am I playing this? So, yeah, the fact that it wasn't very long that we actually had to wait, I think, is is very good all around. 
Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I agree with that. I think TLDRs, they just got to let... If they're going to do it, like, almost right away, just let us know. Like, you know, I'm not even bothered that they announced patch notes the same day as they were going to do them. Like, at least we knew when they were going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, speaking of which, let's jump through the patch notes uh, for the patch that literally went live at 4 p.m. Pacific this afternoon, only three hours before we started recording. Right. Uh, so uh, that that is your warning that none of us have been able to actually use anything that we'll talk about. So we are only talking theory right now. That said, as the end of the show, Will and Now will forever tell you until they decide to come out with the full version this game is in beta. Things might change. Things could change as soon as tomorrow. We don't have control over that. So don't tweet at us if we get something wrong. It's happening right now. <laughs> I'm clipping that. No, <laughs> no takesy backsies. It's happening right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, I, I don't feel like we really need to run through all of the standard stuff. I think let's just cover the Battlegrounds news. Interesting, too, they, they do start off with saying that uh, they are adding heroes back in, and they're not taking any out, so that's something in an... Yeah. Um, so the heroes here changes to Shutterwalk. The hero power is now one cost instead of two. Uh, Queen Wag, Wag Toggle. Oh my goodness. Uh, the hero power is give a random friendly mech, demon, murloc, and beast plus two attack instead of plus one health that it used to be. Uh, infinite Toki, the hero power is reduced to one from two and now reads uh, refresh Bob's Tavern, include a minion from a higher tavern tier, which is the one higher tavern tier, not just a random higher. It's just the one above. Uh, Patches the Pirate has returned to the Battlegrounds. Hey, we were just talking about him. Uh, <laughs> yes. The hero power at the start of next combat deal four damage to two random enemy minions, increased from three. And Pyramid has returned. Hero power give a random friendly minion plus three health, increased from two health. Uh, the minions here... Golden Soul Juggler, we did mention this last week in the show, but after a friendly demon dies, deal three damage to a random enemy minion twice instead of six damage once. And another note here, but it's listed in the bug fixes instead of actually just in the regular patch notes, but I think it was probably working unintended, so that's why it's in the bug fix. Uh, selfless Hero's Death Rattle that puts the Divine Shield... Uh, will now give something that did not already have Divine Shield on it. So there's no, like, giving a minion that already has Divine Shield, Divine Shield again. Uh, it did. Happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah. So and that it, won't happen anymore. Thank God, because it, it was one of the most yeah. annoying feelings ever when you had, uh, like, a minion that, like, even if it was something small, like, it was like an upgraded, like, Mecharu or something like that, and you <laughs> today is your lucky day <laughs> yeah Which, yeah that makes selfless hero better 
That makes selfish, uh, selfless hero like really, really good. That makes... Especially since it's a tier one minion. Yeah. That also makes um what the dude, uh, the one where he gets a lot of secrets, Hocus Pocus, um, whatever his name is, Akazamzarak. Akazamzarak, yeah, because because he can give you the secret that gives you a divine shield when a minion's attacked. I wonder if they're trying to um, double down on Bolvar, like the Bolvar Divine Shield strategy. Uh, because I guess it so. works until it doesn't. <laughs> the thing is, though, is you got to think about it. When they rotated Amalgam out, like everybody would literally just get Amalgam slash Anoyotron, and then that would just be the end of it. Uh, and then now that they don't have amalgam anymore people gotta feel got fig, people gotta figure out how they can have more survivability they gotta get things that upgrade health they can need to get things that proc divine shield uh, i actually started seeing around my mmr which i'm about 46 to 47 i see a lot of selfless heroes like you guys said and i see the fully upgraded ones they go like wow this is late game i would never expect to see this but it's in, in reality it procs divine shields it gives divine shields if you're not having a lot of success getting divine shields, uh, which is why Murlocs are so popular, because you can get uh, Gentle Sore, uh, it's just so huge. I don't know. This this actually might make us see more uh, divine shield stuff, which is kind of interesting to see the cycles, because like, we were seeing a lot of divine shields, then, like you mentioned, after Amalgam, which... Seems weird, but yeah, that's some good reasoning there. We kind of saw less Divine Shields. I think we're going to see more Divine Shields again, which also is going to make Nefarian a bit better when there's more Divine Shields. So that'll kind of change the heroes that are that are good. Um, but speaking of that, what do what do you all think about the, the heroes? And also, I do want to just know, I love the fact that we're going to have added heroes and it's not just going to be at that 24 i like that we're going to have more because hopefully that does mean that we're going to see more variety and if they continue to add more heroes above whatever i think it's going to be what 26 now because they added two back in so above that if they go to 30 or 36 or something like that then it's it's going to vary the meta even more and that's a good thing i think I I agree. I think what would be really cool at some point once they reach about like between thirty to thirty five heroes would be and KJ you can shut me up anytime if I'm talking too much. Uh, but I just basically a TLDR of this list basically in my mind is I agree with Don. I think what would be really cool is like if you know uh, if I don't know if you've, you you know Dota, Dota Underlords right. It, uh, so basically what they do right now is I play it once in a while because what they have a thing is called a jailhouse and each season uh, or mo ranked month, they will rotate heroes into the jailhouse that they are not allowed to play. So it shakes up the meta every time, but they get rotate back in. I think it would be really cool is once we start getting a really big hero pool is that we start rotating heroes every like month. So that way the meta sh is shaking up ever so slightly, you know, it, it it's just like, you know, less, uh, you know, what, what, what is the hero's name again that does the AOE and procs all the divine shields with one tap? What? 
Nefarian? Nefarian, thank you. Uh, so, like, you know, if Nefarian was rotated out, we'll see more double down on health, because once the Divine Shields are proc, people are trying to survive them and get stuff like that, and then maybe Pure Mad will become tier one because Nefarian is not there. You know, stuff like that um, I think would be really cool. And I think also on top of that, I don't think the hero powers are too impactful that it makes me feel like one's going to be over the other. I think Patches is going to be a lot more popular if you can't get Nefarian. It's a close second. You know, it does two damage to two different folks. Uh, or four damage, excuse me. Um, it's really good. But yeah, overall, I think like making the hero powers cheaper is a good idea because I think a lot of people were just choosing it just because it was garbage, garbage picks. So I think encouraging people to use the hero powers more and encouraging people to use the game mechanics that you put in the game more, I think is a great idea overall. And I think it's really smart of the team five. Well, two things with that. I think the the first one, you know, you mentioned Underlords having the jailhouse. Um, Battlegrounds is so unique in that it's the only one of these auto battlers that really has two different um, ways to get a special ability. You have all of the different cards or minions and their battle cries, death rattles, and things like that. But you also have the hero, and the hero has you know its own hero power and its ability to do things. There are no other auto battlers that I can think of at the moment that have that ability. Uh, some will give you the ability to purchase items and things like that, but there aren't, there's no way that you can say, I'm going to combine this hero's abilities with these characters, you know, other abilities to create an ultimate strategy. Um, Hearthstone's the only one doing that, and that's because of the nature of the game. It's coming off of Hearthstone, the game. Right. The, the other thing with that is uh, you, you brought up a really good point about trash picks. Uh, the thing that uh, I saw in uh, the Reddit, the subreddit, about this patch that I really liked was that a lot of people were saying, now it won't feel bad when you're stuck with three bad picks. Like, that's the thing. Instead of nerfing other heroes that seem too powerful they really work to buff all of these other characters that had lower pick rates and it's funny because we've it's been talked about before in hearthstone you often see nerfs to cards you rarely got to see buffs and we saw that when they tried to buff um uh, Luna's Pocket Galaxy and, and some of those other items and how volatile it is and how hard it is to take an item in a game and say, we're going to make it better. Uh, a lot of people tend to not like it when you make things that feel oppressive, even more oppressive. Mm -hmm. But what if you could do the same thing in standard and ladder where you could say, okay, let's find the cards that aren't getting played and make them so that they're playable. Well, then you start getting all these weird, like, imbalances, and then certain cards feel broken. You're in a galaxy of five. Exactly. So Battlegrounds really gives the, the developers a new way to change the game, to shake up a meta, in that you can say, we're going to make for two weeks, like I talked about last week, um, we're going to make for a short period of time certain characters absolutely stronger and we can do that because one you have a one in 
almost now nine chance of getting that specific hero. But then also, if you don't get it, it's okay because all of the other heroes feel maybe not equally as strong, but a lot closer than they were before. I'm not going to be upset anymore when my options are Pyramid, Patches, and Toki. Like, okay, yeah, I would love the Curator. I would love, you know, Sindragosa, who I apparently am pretty decent with. I would love Rafam or, you know, some of these other Tier 1 heroes. But at the same time, not getting that option doesn't feel like a death sentence anymore. I feel like I could at least top four with any uh, option that they give me. Yeah. I 100% agree with that, and I'm super. I'm just super excited overall. I think it's great. I love video games, so uh, when I get to play the game more and be rewarded for that, uh, I think that's that's the best way you can do it. And like you said, you don't get punished as much. And again, what's the great thing about auto battlers is there's that less stress of of placing, um, because if you place top four, you get some. Even it's even sometimes because of the way tiebreakers work, sometimes top five gets a little bit of love too. So in reality, I mean this is perfect, you know, and get a little bang for your buck. Yeah, and I think something that Jay mentioned too is the uh, the fact that with battlegrounds compared to other auto battlers, you know, that hero power in addition to the minions is so unique. So I really do like the idea that they are buffing some of these to try to play off of the the special effects, those hero powers, because they are pretty unique. You know, like Queen Wagtoggle. I mean, we have nothing like that really in, in standard or anything like that. So to have it actually brought and tried to bring up instead of nerfing other things and making it more playable... I think is is something that they should be capitalizing on and it's really cool to to see them doing that and in in this patch update one of the things that i noticed was i feel like they're trying to slow the game down a little bit um and a lot of people have been talking about how broken demons are how broken murlocs can be i do think murlocs are a little bit weaker than we originally thought they were going to be but what we noticed was that Battlegrounds became really aggressive. Like, the game was harder to play because it was moving so much faster. Uh, if you didn't... I, to me, I feel like your your place was determined in your first 10 turns. Whereas now, you have options where, again, Wag Toggle having a, a strong defensive game if you can't get to the end game your defensive game buffs mean nothing but now having minions that are basically glass cannons it allows you to burst through some of those really heavy statted high defense minions and that gives you the ability to make it an extra round or two where you can start to develop some of the end game strats um, another one of those is like Shutterwalk. The the problem that I had with Shutterwalk before is his hero power was too expensive. You know, when you're choosing, okay, do I... I can't level up, use the hero power, and select a minion. It has to be two of those, or it has to be one of those, especially in the early game. Now, with his hero power being one, it feels like you still have more options and you can do more things that'll help keep you in the game instead of feeling like you're having to sacrifice a turn 
in order to use something which ultimately benefits your your strategy. Um, I think that's something that they will have to continue to keep an eye on, though, because, of course, anytime you put a bunch of strong things out, um, it will it'll be interesting to uh, to see because you you know you do eventually need to sell some of those minions and if you have people holding on to you know the selfless heroes you know all game long you know we talked about it how it it must feel bad to win and only do five damage because you have three tier one minions on your board which to me was always the problem with demons is that they're they tend to be very low like the the high damage high defense demons are one and two stars so you don't get as much reward for it yeah i think selfless hero even though this change is really good and i think we are going to see people pick it more i think it's still going to be one of those that you probably only have for like a few rounds at most and then you get rid of um, i don't think it's something or you selectively use it on purpose you know in in special spots to be able it's, to get the effect from it i don't think it's going to be something that people keep in their lineups uh for long periods of time yeah it's it's a consistency thing like their their patch on that was just to make it feel more consistent feel like you're not getting screwed over by picking it because i mean that's my thing is if i know that it's not going to affect minions that already have divine shield that makes me feel better because now it's like i don't have to be like okay um how do i how do I align these minions so that all the divine shields get popped and then selfless hero dies? It's like, okay, no selfless hero can die early. It can die, you know, in the middle of the tier without having to, uh, completely destroy my game plan. So real quick, what is, what is everyone's, if, if you had to pick one, one change, what's your favorite change in this patch? Really? Just uh, just one. You can only pick one. Gosh, that's tough. I really soul juggler. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about that real quick, because like, yeah, that was something that we had, that had also been brought up in in the subreddit. I feel like they're they're actually looking at the subreddit more and more, um, and people aren't being jerks about stuff in the comments which well, is kind of nice uh, spread it. <laughs> okay some people are being jerks in the comments um but i i feel like they're listening which is good because that they was something are, yes. that that was something that it when when i read it i was like okay that would be a really cool patch change but i there's no way they're gonna do that and then literally lo and behold like a week later it's like yeah that's no that's what we, we did that it's like whoa cool like we were just talking about this this was a, a suggestion that that i had made that's a suggestion that people in the subreddit had made like they're actually listening so the fact that soul juggler now is has the potential to hit two different people um i feel like that's going to make people want to make it golden whereas i had seen before people literally would like they would rock two soul jugglers like half the game just because it was like it it doesn't benefit me to do six damage who cares if, if the minion only has four four health six damage does nothing you know i would rather it hit two people especially since wide boards are like one of the essential strategies of, of battlegrounds yeah you need to have a wide board to be effective in this in the game okay i think for me it's it's a tie 
But I, yeah, I, I do really like the soul juggler. Um, you had one job. We already said that. <laughs> so <you> pick one. <laughs> like... Well, okay. I, I'm explaining. <laughs> Only because we mentioned that last week. So I really like that. But I think I actually really like the patches change because at the start of next combat, deal four damage to two random enemy minions. Uh, your hero power is a golden kaboombot. And I think that's super cool. I also feel like it is still just a weaker version of Ragnaros. Well, sure, but we don't have Ragnaros in battle. Not Ragnaros. Sorry, not Ragnaros. Um, what's his name? Why am I thinking Ragnaros? Um, who's the Who's the hero that does eight damage to two random minions? Yeah, Ragnaros. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Wait, what? What are we? No, did did they get rid of Ragnaros? Was He's that in the, not in the notes? pool right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> really? He was. He was, was I completely up. missed that. Yeah, you know why? Because people were like, "Oh gosh, people don't want to Ragnaros hero powers right away." <laughs> I totally, we totally forgot about that. Wow. So instead of nerfing Ragnaros, they just brought back a hero that does the exact yeah. same thing, but weaker. But weaker, because the thing is, is that you have a higher chance of not procking, you know, the the selfless defender right away. And or also, I don't know, other stuff. You were like, I felt like Ragnaros, you were punished for having it and then punished for, for being against it. Because it would just, it would kill stuff so quickly that it basically was like, well, that's my plan gone. I don't know. It just killed so many plans. It made it very like um, uh, uninteractable. It was very, it was not interactive. I think they'll bring it back, but it'll only do eight damage to one minion. I like that more. Yeah, I, I think that's the the logical, because then like you feel and like it's like an gold. old soul juggler, but it's you know it's at the start of the the turn so uh, to be yeah i think that's a fine hero power it can be disruptive without being like i killed two minions like ragnaros won every single turn like for three turns by you could literally pick like a tier one minion and then just hit your hero power and do nothing else and I, win like your turn. Yeah, I, I would remember early games with, with Ragnaros. You'd, it would be somebody who just upgraded soul dominions that they already had, which was like either Saber, Sabertooth or, or Murlocs, and then they would just hero power, and then they would just draw, and they wouldn't lose health at all for the for all of the early game slash mid game. It's just powerful. You know what? I agree with you. I think it should be eight. I think it should be eight damage, and I think it should be one gold because it's eight, because you know there's so much divine shield now. You know it's not going to be even worth it. It's just going to park a divine shield somewhere than not. The eight damage is all for naught. Yeah. All right. So we we can we can skip mine because no no let's <laughs> let's hear it. Pyramid. Or is it Soul Juggler? It it is actually yes, it is Pyrobad. So okay. like. I'm... I think he's great. I love his. I think health is so, so important. So when I when when Battlegrounds first came out, everyone was talking about how bad Pyro like Pyromad was, and I was consistently getting like first and second places with Pyromad okay. all the time. <laughs> and it was like I don't understand what people are talking about. This hero is awesome, but the fact that now pyromat is even more awesome i feel like i'm still gonna be able to just take it and wreck people with it and they're gonna be like but but it's pyrobat it doesn't make sense how did it win because plus three health 
is awesome. Sounds like somebody there's, else is pyromad. Yeah, there, there's so many times where like I've I've been beaten and it's like <laughs> those even trades, like all of those even trades right? that happen, you win those now because you got free health. And to me that's that's why I'm calling it Pyromad's next OP hero. Fight me. <laughs> that's a bold statement, both of those. <laughs> Hearthstone Esports makes custom lobbies and people start using Pyromat and if somebody wins a tournament with it, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I will give you five dollars. Uh, I will be happy to take that. Let's let's actually use that to jump into uh the main reason we brought Bimmy onto the show. Oh. Which is to talk about the idea of community driven events and one like i'm i'm still how do you how are you able to get all of this stuff done like you're helping to coordinate uh events at dreamhack you're doing events outside of hearthstone you're doing these like online events these online uh, i don't think you can't call them leagues so we'll say series all i can call uh, some of them leagues they don't have blizzard policies okay so like you're, you're doing <laughs> all of these things uh one uh where do you get the energy to do all this because may maybe it's just it's i think it's the beard right yeah yeah uh being one of god's chosen people you get to have a lot more energy throughout the day and you get more out of one bottle of pepsi than you usually do with others um but <laughs> in all seriousness i think the energy just comes from uh a lot of life perspective stuff because a couple years back i almost died in the hospital and then I didn't, so thankfully I could live life. And I am trying to do that as much as I can. So I have a lot of, uh, I, I ha it helped me put a lot of things in perspective, not right away, but did very quickly help me grow up. And it, it just allowed me to just value these community events. And then um, I was trying to break into esports one way or another, and I was trying to find a game that I really resonated with, more so with the community than the game itself, because I since i not to sound like broken record enjoy video games in general i wanted to find a community that i related with and i tried to find different ones um but uh really it was hearthstone that really just made me feel like home because of quite literally dawn right there because uh dawn was one of my first opponents in my first ever hearthstone event i played and it was for like Swagoy's monthly thing and it was like basically um i did that and then also it was nice enough while i was on mac before i had a pc i broadcasted my first hearthstone tournament uh for Swagoy, and it was like five frames a second but it was really exciting because it was now gudan versus level 9001 or something like crazy like that and i was just dreaming it um but it was it was wonderful and like uh i get this energy because uh people were encouraging they were very nice and they were very welcoming and i never found that with a lot of the other communities yeah they were great in in many ways but they also had their difficulties not 
not to say Hearthstone doesn't, but I feel like majority of the time, uh, I've found more solace and basically more relatable people in Hearthstone than I did with anybody else. So that allowed me to develop the skills I needed in esports and then translate over. And then I want to basically just build this circle of esports and uh, just basically take all these different resources and take sources I've learned from Hearthstone and put into other games and vice versa. I'm just building off energy off of myself. I love that one of the the first people to get you into the community was the the person that actually got me into the Hearthstone community as well. Um, She's infectious. She she really like the the OG of of Hearthstone streaming. Like I followed I followed Dragon on Hearthstone like longer than anyone else uh maybe except for wicked good which there's a weird history in that because i knew wicked good before i knew he played hearthstone um that kind of was a thing i love my dad (laughs) but it's it's one of those things where as i've as i think i've put in a tweet before as i've seen other people tweet out the community itself makes getting into hearthstone so much fun like being able to sit down and talk with people and i mean it wasn't it wasn't like pulling teeth to get bimmy onto the show and in fact if you do a hearthstone podcast you should get bimmy on your show it was it was one of those things where it was just like hey bimmy we do a podcast we talk about battlegrounds we're really interested in what you're doing in in the esports stuff do you want to talk and and I mean, not to not to speak for them, but it wasn't it was even just like... that. It was like literally we were at Dawn's stream and we were talking in Twitch chat, and you were like, "Hey, do you want to come on our podcast?" And then I was like, "At KJ, I've been waiting for my invite. What took you so long?" <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's been the thing is that there's even in this process, like I come from a podcasting background, like I've I've been podcasting for six five six years now heck yeah and even in that doing it from a a business side it is so hard to get the support that you need to get the community buy-in like when i'm coaching other podcasters on doing podcasts like the thing that they always talk about is oh but how do i get people to listen how do i get people to to give me feedback how do i uh, get guests for the show and and you know we you know, I often tell them like you you just do what you can. Like a bunch of people are gonna tell you no. A bunch of people are gonna be like, Well, I only do appearances, you know, if you have X number of downloads per week or, you know, stupid stuff like that. Yeah. And and I, I understand because it is a time consuming process, but at the same time, I came out with the idea of like, hey, there's no podcast about battlegrounds. We should do that. And jumped on happy hearthstone and was like hey i want to do this podcast and then dragon was like yes (laughs) like yes on board absolutely like it it wasn't hard to get a co-host and getting guests i've had people like we have a list now of people that are just like yeah if you need somebody to jump on even when people couldn't make it at the last second other people were just willing to jump on like this community is so helpful so vocal and so active i've got to ask you bimmy and this is this is my interviewing technique here where i I talk a lot and then ask you a question kind of related um do you think that 
having such a vocal community around Hearthstone helps or hinders the esports scene from an official Blizzard perspective and also from the third party, like we want to just do an organizational event and not be affiliated with anyone in particular. Do you feel like there's more criticism when you do that because the community is so vocal and so outspoken? No, I think it's great. I think the more, I think the less brain dead your community is, the better. Like straight up, that's like something that shouldn't be even argued with. It's, it's, I, at the end of every event that I do, I don't run perfect events. I listen to what my players want, and that's what I do. I make it, I, I just construct it the way they want it. Like, um, a lot of the times when I'm running my events, people go, can I please give you my feedback? I really want to see you success because I don't want to just enter open cups all the time. And I go like, okay, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why all my leagues now are structured like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday with, with showcasing events and stuff like that is to avoid open cups because the players want to avoid open cups. They want to, they want to play more in the evening and they also wanted to play less in a in a span amount of time. So I stretched out the events, made them longer, but they only had to play once a week. You know, things like that. That's that's the community being vocal. I host votes every week. Like this week I hosted a poll saying, Do you want the open cups to still be five to seven rounds of Swiss with the top sixteen the following day, or do you want double elim or single elim? And I hosted this poll because I got feedback from the Asia server community, and these were the suggestions. So I go, okay, these are valid thoughts and concerns, so let me listen to this. And these were great feedbacks. And, you know, I can't help but to feel like, you know, after I announced these, some of these changes looked very similar to what HSE Sports announced. So, I mean, obviously the community, the community knows what they want. I do take select. I do select who I listen to, but I mean, I don't. I don't discourage people to speak their mind, and I think the fact that we speak their mind is, is, is good because it's holding people accountable. You want to take responsibility for the community. This is how we want you to run the community. It's much in the same way of being a politician. Not to get political, but you know, as a politician, your responsibilities are to help the people in the way you can. You're not expected to do everything perfectly, and you're not expected to pull off everything. But what you can do, or what you can compromise with, you should be able to follow through on that. And that's something that I think is great having a vocal community with, because that's easy to pinpoint on what you need to do. Yeah, I was talking to somebody recently, and it's like, I, I don't care if it's good feedback or bad feedback, I would rather have some sort of feedback than nothing at all. Because the the silence and nobody saying anything, it like it honestly it terrifies me when I don't get feedback on my streams or podcasts or you know if I write some article or I do something and it's like I don't hear anything, don't hear anything, don't hear anything. I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Or yeah, exactly. And it it really does get people involved. And when people don't feel like they're being heard or they don't have even an avenue to put their voice out there to give an opinion why should they care and, and again if you don't allow that that feedback if you can't take feedback well then get out of here you know I, I think 
I think at the same time there is a like we were talking about it earlier, like going onto Reddit and asking for feedback is like asking to to be insulted. I, I think there's a, a right and a wrong way to give feedback, but I do think that uh, just the positions that we put ourselves in, they do have to require being open to negative criticism as well. Like it can't just like I know I don't know how many times people have done something and you're like, oh, what did you think? And like in reality, whatever that performance was, it was terrible. Uh, but but we're so willing to just be like, oh, you know, it was it wasn't too it was pretty good, you know, and, yeah. and you're you're trying not to hurt that person's feelings, but at the same time, like if you want that person to succeed, you need to be like, Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, um, no, it's like <laughs> I mean, season one of America's House Rivalries was a was a train wreck, honestly, um, in in some ways, and in others, it was it helped me learn a lot. It's it's, I mean, and, and the reason why I learned why it was a train wreck is because I listened to the players that were in the competition. You know, there's there's just it. it I don't think. I don't think there's really a wrong way of taking criticism, but you need to you need to like take selective hearing as well. You need to you need to understand that yeah, even with negative criticism, some of it's good, some of it's just salty, and you also need to take into effect that when the timeline of that feedback is given because i've gotten feedback when people were eliminated right after going like this event sucks i hate it everything's awful uh ban shaman permanently from your tournaments blah 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 blah. and then like i get a few messages later saying saying sorry about that i didn't mean to take it out on you it was actually a good event if maybe you could just start an hour early that'd be great and i'm going like okay there we go you know timing Give a little, it's like a bottle of wine, just let it age a little bit and it'll be good. So, one of the things that I wanted to ask about as well, you know, going kind of playing off of the idea of community is the I don't want to say the hands offness of Blizzard, but obviously they're hedging their esports bet on Overwatch. Uh, we noticed that they got rid of. <laughs> you know, pretty much everything affiliated with Heroes of the Storm. And um, the Hearthstone arena is really, like, like Hearthstone is starting to, like, not play second fiddle, but they're doing less and less. Um, that said, they did just announce, like, yeah, we're going to be at some DreamHack events and we're, we're doing some other things Wonder there. where they got the idea. <laughs> well, and we're going to cover that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But the the question that I that I have is... Do you think that, one, Blizzard not being as, like, head over heels in love with the idea of going all in on, like, Hearthstone as an esport helps some of the independent organizers, like yourself, like uh, another friend of the show, Bites, uh, some of these other events? I mean, we've... It's interesting that you see on Twitter people talking about hosting their own events. Dragon Rider did the Dragon Cups for a long time. Um, we have shout out to Mike Lowe again for you know taking that idea and running with it and wanting to continue to see things like that happening. Uh, I've been talking with Bytes about putting together an event um, 
coming up this fall. Bard with uh, Asprey and Xavier with the uh, Latin exactly. America's Cups. WSOE, uh, uh, so many of these other OCS. events. So, yeah, so many other events and organizations are able to shine because Blizzard isn't as... I don't want to say available for Hearthstone, but they don't have the budget to do two major esports, apparently. And that's Blizzard, not Activision Blizzard, because obviously Call of Duty is like still one of the largest esports. Well, technically, Activision Blizzard is still accountable because they they're part of the higher command of what is letting Blizzard do what what they want to do. Yeah. But them not being so hands-on, does that does that benefit folks like you and, and some of the other organizers? Well, no. Um, but also, on top of that, it's... Uh, th- Here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to ruin my chances of getting hired by them, so I'm going to try to phrase <laughs> okay. this as carefully as I can. All right, let me say this real quick. First off, disclaimer... Um, Aaron Aberhart and the rest of the team, because majority has been recently recruited because basically the old Hearthstone Esports team is like Alec and that's it. And Milkfat. That's like one of the remaining teammates uh, back from the old HS Esports team. Aaron and the rest of them have been working their ass off to clean off the mess that's been left there. Uh, I don't care what people complain about with HGG being so short and only two members and based off of money. I don't care about any of that. They are doing what they can because it's a system that was not made by them. It was a system that was made by people before them, and they are trying their best to reacclimate to something. And it had to go through a lot of higher chain of command. So this is their way of immediate reliefing, adding more master tours, adding more events. So you gotta, you got to lay off the HS Esports team. I respect Insom's hustle for trying to be a people person in Dallas. Insom from from Running Gun, but I, they're not the final say sos of what happens in HS Esports. You got to remember that there's people that they have to make happy with this. So, with that being said, out of disclaimer, they have resources. They don't handle the resources well a lot of the time. They keep a lot of their cards close to the chest and then drop it all one season and see if they can, you know, they put it all on black, basically. And it's just so frustrating because as an event organizer, what I like to do nowadays is I like to look at the resources and my goals. And I like to think as big as possible and then wind it back so I can continuously either stay consistent in my seasons and then think how I can one up. And it allows me more time and resource time to be able to think about how to get sponsors and a bunch of other stuff. That's kind of not Blizzard style. Blizzard style is go big or go home, which is why they did the Overwatch League and such. So now that they're doing the home away games, I mean, technically, they do have the money, but I think what they did is they did BlizzCon as a test run to see where their esports lie. Um, because I think in a lot of the ways, they saw what the popularity was and what they wanted to start collaborating on. So, I mean, I, nobody saw the Warcraft 3 World Tour happening. Like, nobody thought that was going to be the eSports still going. It was, the, like, I saw World Cyber Games using it, and that was it. And I didn't expect it to be done with a DreamHack ESL tour. Now it is, along with StarCraft 2. 
StarCraft II is getting a major resurgence with that. And technically, HS Esports is getting a major resurgence with that. But here's the thing, though, with community events, and to answer your question, KJ, and I'm trying to tiptoe around this so that way I can not lose a job or something. Uh, but long story short, no, it's not helpful because the less events there are, the less people are going to want to sponsor players. The less of sports organizations that want to get invited into it, the less outlets there are for social medias. When it comes down to it for esports, it comes down to quite a couple of things about screen time, how much you can stream events, how much players are getting exposed. Because a lot of the time, players they don't care about the success. They care about the marketability and if you can wear something with a bunch of logos sponsored on it. Um, and this was something that made it very difficult. That's why ACT was so good, because there were so many times to be streamed. With the Master Tours, there was three times to be streamed that year. That's it. And you had luck if you were able to get on there. And even then, if you recruited the player, it was a 50-50 shot if you were going to get the jersey there on time. So it's really necessary to have something for the for the community organizers to... Uh, have a big substantial first party scene or at least something that people can look forward to first party because people learn about the events from first party and then they look for community events where they can start because what the big first question when people are inspired by these big stage moments in esports is like where can i begin and it begins at the community tournaments but if we don't have the opportunities to showcase uh hearthstone esports as much as we once did then it's not going to be as helpful. One of the things, though, I will give credit to them for is that they are doing things to make it accessible to have Master Tour spots available for community events. That is one thing that is good that keeps the players that are still there going because it means that they break up the monotony of entering Open Cups. But as far as getting fresh meat into the scene or new blood, if you will, it's not that good for, for the way that the system is and, and lack of interaction. I think they really need to, they need to, they need to make a new system that has more tour stops. And like, honestly, I need a world. There's no worlds. There's nothing to look forward to. You win, you win the tour stop. Thank you. Good day. Maybe you're a GM. That's it. And that's not a good system, but it's to be fair again, to Aaron and the team, it's not their original idea. It's what they're working with is what they were given with. So now they have to work with what they got and try over time to evolve. So it really is just going through that rough time in Hearthstone right now. And I think we're coming out of the dark from it soon. A lot of that stuff does take time sometimes too, you know? I mean, I'm sure trying to coordinate in other countries and set up these locations for master's tours. And I mean, even something like that can take quite a while to even get venues and set those kind of things up. So, you know, it's not just a like, Oh, put down an idea. And then a week later you have it all figured out. Like it's not how it works. And I think a lot of people just kind of think that's how it works. And <laughs> it does not, there is a lot of work that has to be put in behind the scenes. I mean, even for the stuff that you do, I mean, like, you have to put in a ton of work and calls and setting up and, oh, that backfired or that didn't work out. So now we got to come up with something else. Like, there's a ton of that in everything. Yeah, and that's why I love Aaron and the current Hearthstone team because they're doing what they can. I I know that I can't say I've had, I've had the privilege of sitting down and talking with Aaron and the rest of the Hearthstone esports team. And um, 
I love them. I think, honestly, if everybody could speak with them, I think they would realize how not black and white it is. They are not against, they're not trying to kill HS Esports, they're not trying any, they are doing what they can, and they're trying with the resources that Activision Blizzard allows them to have. So, you know, I'm not, you know, cut them some slack and also, you know, support them. You know, uh, wishing ill on HS Esports is like asking your pilot to crash the plane. You we got to be supportive for them. And uh, they, you know, the fact that, like, they've allowed me to run Monkey Bubble Masters and Aaron has been super supportive and liking my tweets and a bunch of other stuff and sharing stuff. Uh, and also some things that I can't announce yet, but I will announce soon. Um, it, it gives me hope. They really do try to reach out and they really do try their best. And I love them to bunches. So th- shout out to Aaron and the rest of the HSE sports team that's currently there. Uh, absolutely and that's not to not to place any any level of blame on anyone uh in the team i i know that i i often feel like i am well i i personally feel like i am you know as you mentioned very very tough on the organization behind um hearthstone as a game and as a competitive esport uh, a lot of my frustrations are not on Blizzard. Um, they are on the parent company that and and just how corporations in general are ran. Uh, and this is coming from someone who once had stock in Blizzard. Uh, so I say that fully saying like, yes, at one point Blizzard was like Blizzard's success was effectively part of my success as a stock as a shareholder. Um, I mm-hmm. no longer own that stock, but a lot of the, I guess, like ire that I have and a lot of the the difficulties that I have is the idea of balancing the, the fact that Activision Blizzard has to be responsible to not only the gaming community and the people that played their game, the people that literally write their checks by buying their game, by buying their in-app purchases, by busting open packs every single day, they also have to be responsible to the people that buy stock in the company because their shareholders are their boss. And what's interesting is often those two groups are not... like. The Venn diagram is very, very shallow. There's, there's, there's not very much overlap between those two parties. So what we often wind up seeing are very business-like bottom line decisions being made for people who, at the end of the day, people that work at Blizzard work at Blizzard because they love the games that Blizzard put out. They don't choose Blizzard because it's a job. I, I, I wish it was like, well, I need to find a job. Let me go. Let me go apply to Blizzard. They'll hire anybody like, no, you you have to know your stuff. You have to love the games in order to be a part of that. We saw that recently with the addition of Cora on the team, uh, someone who has had to deal with a bunch of BS uh, just to make her voice known, to make her voice present in the community. And Blizzard saw that. And so I, I do want to give them their props. The one thing that I, I do want to 
ask you though, as someone who is working in, I don't want to say in competition with Blizzard because you're not, you're working in like partnership with them, which is great. What's it like coordinating with not only Blizzard, but with some of the other organizations that ultimately put their name on some of these events? Uh, one of the biggest ones being DreamHack. Uh, yeah. Um, so you're asking what's it like or? Yeah. I mean, you talked about just loving video games and loving playing video games. And we joked about it being like the dream I have. This will be the first dream hack that I've ever been to, um, and not to participate, but to cheer people on. Uh, so for me, it's, it's a, a part of my life that I, I've only once felt before and that was by going to like watch a league of legends world championship like i think it was season two right uh so to me to not only be able to go as an attendee but to know that you had some responsibility in making that thing happen like what how does that feel um it's a privilege it's it's it feels it feels like a big privilege and um a dream come true um as well uh i i'm really i really hope that it's you know it's, it's a good event along with monkey bubble masters and a bunch of other stuff coming up um but it's i before I was an event organizer for gaming, I used to be an event organizer for 10 years uh, or close to 10 years in breakdancing. And, uh, oh, snap. Uh, yeah, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Um, but it, it did help me learn a lot and translate a lot of the admin skills that I have for Hearthstone and, and gaming events. But, uh, yeah, um, it was a very thankless job and it's a real privilege that like people like the Hearthstone community and the gaming community actually give thanks and it feels really nice. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just very humbling that people trust me to throw an event and that they feel like their voice is heard and they feel like it's for them. It doesn't feel like it's an event for Hearthstone. It feels like an event for the Hearthstone community. And, uh, it's really nice. Uh, as far as, like, to be very honest, I didn't know that Blizzard was planning to bring DreamHack to Hearthstone. Um, but it it's great, because that means DreamHack's back at Hearthstone. Um, and I, I have no gripe. I'm, I'm just joking when I said about the copy homework day. I'm sure you can't, you can't just plan that <laughs> on the spot. Uh, that would be crazy. You have so many changes of command to go through. It just was a crazy coincidence that, like, the system I made for Monkey Bubble and the, the Dream Act thing was literally just the exact same thing that Blizzard was announcing, but they didn't, couldn't yet. Um, but yeah, it's a real privilege. Um, and uh, it makes me glad that I get to do this as a job in some way. And it's not easy. Uh, job because you don't know what next event you're doing, but it is something that I give hopefully what is considered my everything. And I want to be, ba I basically feel like the good guy with power, and I want to be that in esports. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think you are. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I love everything that you're doing, and I'm really excited uh, to see all of this, you know, coming into fruition. Um, because I do know how much work and how much effort you've put in behind the scenes. Actually, I don't even know everything, but I know a lot of it, and I can't even imagine how much more that you, you know, you don't share with people that you're working on and all of the work that you do. Um, but yeah, Jay mentioned earlier that uh, he's going to be. Are you coming for one day to DreamHack? Yeah, right now, unless our patrons uh, show up and show out, we're not we're not gonna promote that. Um, Patreon.bobstavern.pub. Um, but yeah, right now it looks like I will be uh, showing up to cheer on our co-host uh, in the uh, DreamHack. Uh, was it Anaheim? Is that is that where it is? I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. <laughs> the, Anima, the, the, the Manahab Amdam Nanheim Convention Center. Exactly. The the place across from Disneyland. The, I might, the I might place have where BlizzCon to... was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which hopefully, again, that's one of our goals too, is we want to do uh, some live meetups in some of these events. It doesn't look like we'll be able to do a live meetup at DreamHack. Of course, if you're there, you can definitely meet with us and I'm sure we'll wind up eating and getting, you know, coffee and things like that. Uh, so, sure, why not? We can make that happen. But uh, our goal is to still do some kind of official meetup uh, at BlizzCon this year. I want to so. do a fireside, like, Thursday night or Friday night. Actually, that was going to be my question, is if you had thought about doing a fireside and then maybe people I, Battlegrounds. I, I actually was thinking about throwing a Battlegrounds side tournament. I don't know if it would be at the event or something really homespun, but at, like something. Well, yes, that that was going to be my my ultimate question. There is how do we get this same? How do we get this same energy into battlegrounds? Because we've seen we've seen what Blizzard can do for battlegrounds yep. in terms of esports. We've seen what um, the uh, with Bytes and the Bytes crew um, are doing with, with their events. Shout out to Bytes, uh, one of our, our first uh, super fans of, of Bob's Tavern. I'm going to give him like a massive hug the day I see him. Heck yeah. too. There's going to be so many hugs. It's Can we just like group hug? Can we do it? By- Bytes is going to get lots of hugs. <laughs> lots of hugs That's for true. Bytes. But, but yeah, the question is... Ha- what what ideas do you have for uh, battlegrounds and battlegrounds events in the future? If you're allowed to talk about them, if you're not, I understand. But I am. I because it's me. What, what's what's the Bimmy feels on on battlegrounds as an esport? I don't want it to be an esport um, because <laughs> I I'm joking. Everything's an esport, um, but okay. So look, let me be so so really blunt and straight up. There's no. Can I curse on this show? Yes. There's no fucking lobbies. <laughs> how, how the fuck am I supposed to do an esport with lobbies? I ain't gonna do the fucking rat race right away. You know, I it's just like 
What do you want me to do? Like, look, Rat Race was a great event. Shout out to my boy Rat, by the way. He's cool. I'm friends with him. Um, but like, straight up though, like, th- there's no lobbies. I know that wasn't their priority of theirs. I think you can queue up with one friend, and that's about it. Like, you can click on the battlegrounds button, and then you just go into a game. Sorry, I smacked my pop filter. Um, but I, I. Yeah. I think honestly, my plan. Okay, so my plan is this: maybe do a rat race. Um, in the near future, there is a there is a charity Hearthstone event I'm working on producing uh, that I really want to put together soon to send benefit to Australia because I'm really worried about that. Uh, so I want to do like a Hearthstone charity event, and one of the things I want to do is like a battlegrounds race, um, with like like different Hearthstone podcasts. Um, but the thing is, is that here's the thing, Battlegrounds itself is such a new game genre, and then on top of that, it's such a new esport that it's really difficult. Um, I think the best you can get is, like, Underground Pro League, and then also on top of that, there was a really cool system made by OEL, which is, like, a thing called Omega Esports League. They did League of Legends tournament, but then they started in TFT as well, and they had all the big players, like C9 Crowen and, um c9 whatever and then c9 whatever too electric boogaloo and then like a bunch of other people from major orgs oh um hyped there you go there's another one uh major na organizations um but basically long story short what they did is they did a thing where you played multiple rounds and it was like a circuit and you would try to earn points and um underlords did a golf system where the lower the points the better if you place higher, you get lower, less points. And then TFT was just straight up, like, higher you go, the more points you earn. Uh, and if you place bottom four, you lose X amount of points. And it made it a little bit easier. And then tiebreakers would be however you place last round. Um, and it was kind of like an elimination bracket where there's top four, move on, top four, move on. And these were really interesting systems. I'm nerding out over here as a TO. But it was like, basically, the bracket was kind of interesting. It was a single slash double elim. But it's so difficult, right? So, like, the thing is, it's like, okay, I've thought about doing invitationals. And then I thought about, like, if there was an open, it's going to be so hard. Um, But it's, but TBH, until there is lobbies, you can't do it as an esport. It's not an esport. Uh, the only thing I've wished for Battlegrounds is that they had their own separate quests. So that way you can just get some IGC uh, from that as well. The more IGC quests, the better, because it's easier for people to get in and buy collections that way. But um, as far as like an eSport, though, I'm afraid to say I don't have much plans except for a race, and I don't see it really going anywhere until they make lobbies. So... <laughs> I think the hype will still be there because it's Hearthstone, um, but I think it can't be viewed competitively in any shape or form, and I'd wish they stopped doing invitationals. Don't do invitationals. They're one of the worst ideas you could ever have if you're a Tier 1 event. It's okay for other events, but not for Tier 1, I feel. It really does uh, send a message to a lot of individuals when... uh, Granted, the the heart the battlegrounds invitational that they did do, 
a lot of those players were uh, top 200 tier individuals and still are. Uh, but it definitely does say that it, it it directs what the focus is for Blizzard when they say, okay, we're not going to open this up to whether it's performance based or even as an as an open where anyone with the ability can join. But yeah, I I definitely agree with you that you know they we asked for tournament mode. They told us no, and they told now us they have. They said yes to China. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but and even now, it's you have a game that begs for a tournament mode, and now I think it just begs for lobbies. Yeah. Well, and and again, I just want as, to play with all my friends. You know, we we will preface this with we're talking about a game that is in beta. So yeah, it's true. It's not like that it can't happen. It's just that there currently doesn't sound like there's any um, haste in or any plans of it happening in the near future. And if I'm wrong, someone from Blizzard again, there is a standing invitation. You can come on the show. You can put me in my place. What if? Um, uh-oh, yeah. we're getting into what-if-isms now. Okay, I got, let's let's I go. Got, I got something. Okay, what if we had a Q-Bot in a Discord, and then they all queued at the same time, and then we just hope that they <laughs> land in the same lobby, and it would only take two hours. I think it does make sense, though, that it is in beta. It is. It is like you want to perfect the game before you want to make it an eSport, because then like it's kind of awkward. But, I mean, to be fair... Battle Royales have done that before. PUBG was in beta forever, and it was like it had its own esports event. Overwatch did the same thing too, and that's not even a battle royale. It's not common for betas to have esports, and then basically the game changes entirely later on. Because I mean, you don't have to throw the esports event, but I think I don't know. Uh, it's just like uh, the last thing I saw anything esports related for Battlegrounds was like there was an a, a esports arena event. I think, yeah, and then that happened, and then... And that was a rat race as well. That was a rat race. And and I I think with that, uh, my last question, and then at that point I'll I'll let Dragon go go run Buck Wild on you, I guess. I don't know, but... Okay. um, But... I do have one shadow segue when we go into Dawn's stuff. Oh, sure. Um, You talked about these other games uh what can we learn from the other auto battlers or what can blizzard learn that maybe they're not thinking about in your opinion and and, and this is from a an esports organizer perspective uh just for battlegrounds or hearthstone in general well Let's say because we've already we've already said that Battlegrounds still has a lot of work to do in getting the game ready. Because um, I have some thoughts, like esports wise. Okay, huh? far far away then. Just just any any and all thoughts. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool. Is that like if they did cosmetic for portraits? I think that'd be really cool. Like basically, you would still choose the hero, but like. 
let's just say you're 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 the number one in the leaderboard for a while you should get your own cool portrait and then when you just select the portrait it keeps the hero card but then it becomes what it you like a portrait of you or something I don't know, just something like that. I think it's difficult to do, but I think that was just like a, a BS thing. But I think in I think Hearthstone can learn. Uh, so you just mean Hearthstone in general, right, Kay? Yeah. Okay. Just uh, from from a esports perspective. Uh, from an esports perspective, uh, first of all, don't make your qualifications uh, Scrooge McDuck. Uh, don't make it. Don't make that your qualifications to become a grandmaster. How much money you have uh but it's like because they think i think it makes sense why they do it i think people don't like it and i don't like it either but it makes sense it's just the easiest filter because if you win a lot of money that means you're consistent and you want consistent and good players and what are good consistent players doing winning money but the thing is is that hearthstone has a little bit of rng to it because it's a card game and sometimes those people that break in get those opportunities because the heart of the card said so or because their plays and they saw lethal i mean if we look at um telecom one player that choked really hard at blizzcon um against bloody face uh phenom not phenom uh tincho not tincho what's his name Telecom. I'm one. so bad with He's team orange's names. So teammate. Like... He he lost against Lion. Everybody lost against Lion. That doesn't help. So <laughs> okay, okay. Let me just okay scrap that wipe. Anyways, so like basically those kind of people. Well, there's those moments where those consistent players just have a moment where they just choke up, and this leaves for opportunities for underdog stories to happen, and. You need those moments, and there's no way to do that if you just let the higher players earn money because people have pointed out that they can earn, they get early expansions to stuff, they get early things, access to a bunch of stuff so they can prepare. And, like, in the span and of in the grander scales of things, it's not too much of a big of a deal, but a head start is a head start no matter what, and that's kind of a big deal. And there's you know what they could also learn is basically having different divisions of things. They could also learn not, they could also, I think they're starting to learn this is that they don't have to do everything by themselves. It's okay to ask for help. See it. Valve doesn't ask CSGO or they, Valve doesn't ask for everybody not to run events. They let everybody do their own thing. Ubisoft did the same thing with Rainbow Six. They had R6 being run by the ESL Pro League system. And on top of that, CSGO did the same thing. They also run their own Dota 2 events, Valve, but they also allow other people to do stuff. What's What I think are the more successful esports system is when first party does their own thing, everybody strives for that, and then there's a bunch of third party events as well. I think the best person you can learn from straight up is Shadowverse. That's the closest thing to you, Hearthstone. There's a system. It's HCT. Not everything's perfect. Granted, the prize pool distribution is weird. First place gets a million bucks, and then your second place you get thirty dollars or whatever. Um, it's it's just something weird. It's not it's not that big, but it's like it's like I don't know. You get a million first, and you get two hundred and fifty grand the second one, which is not bad. But I'm just saying, it's like interesting the distribution but i mean okay there's still a bunch of stuff though they do they still have a dream hack sometimes the tours you know of go for that but there's people doing their own things and there's other majors that are fighting for it i think also another thing if they don't want to do that they should study like 
really they should just study also fighting games. Fighting games also have a down pack too. You have things you can look forward to. You have your own thing. Street Fighter is a great example. There's the Street Fighter World Cup. There's a bunch of other majors that people strive for. And then there's also the Street Fighter League, which is like their grandmasters, but it doesn't affect anything. It doesn't count towards worlds. It doesn't do anything. It's just its own event, and it's to hype up. And that's fine. And that's why I'm not against grandmasters if they want to do it like that, but to give something like a, a like an open world. Fine. Do that. But they can learn how to structure things where it's either A, more divisions of Pro League, or let people do their own things as well. The licensing is absurd. It's less absurd than it once was. If you actually read the licensing, it's got nerfed quite a bit, um, to, to phrase it in a gamer way. That's what they should learn. Just let people do their own thing. And I think, honestly, they were fine. Because, like, I mean, if you look at the Hearthstone back in the day, there was, like, a bunch of people running different events. Take TV had the Seat Story Cup. It was Hearthstone. And then that was cool. It didn't count towards anything. But it was a major event. And it was a great title under your belt. You know? That's what they're doing in China. There's the gold series. You can win a car. It's like what the what the hell? You know, it's just like it doesn't it doesn't get you a master tour, but you get a car. You know, why not let people bygones be bygones and do that? People be like, oh man, I want to get into that, and then people go like, well, I want a car. That's cool, but I want to be the world champion of this game. I want to be the best. Well, you got to enter Hearthstone stuff. You know, Hearthstone's still going to be the number one event that everybody will strive for. But if they have other things to strive for and there's less of an off-season or more options to help people structure their own season of Hearthstone as opposed to everybody being on the same clock, I think it would be easier. I think that CSGO realized that as well recently where they were, like, fatiguing all their players because almost everybody was in the same slot. And then uh, Astralis started making this effect where, like, people were picking and choosing their own majors of how to qualify for Worlds and what they wanted to play for. And now it's all different events. There's different tours. They can qualify for Worlds. They could just try to win a bunch of majors. There's a lot of options. And then there's things totally unrelated to it altogether, but that's on their own time, and they can do that. And it's just... Make more options to allow people to structure. That's why people like the idea of multiple ways of qualifying for worlds. You know, ACT wasn't perfect. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was a big money burner. Just do less tour stops. Just you know, make ladder you know, monthly tournaments online as well. There was monthlies that that Shadowverse would do qualify. That's my rant. I'm gonna. If you want to hear me rant, I'll start my own. I actually want to make my own HS Esports podcast someday. We can we can talk about that. And uh, so what I'm what I'm hearing at the end of the day is, Blizzard, you gotta offer them a car. Yeah, TLDR offer <laughs> offer structure offer offer structure so big that it allows people to win a have, car, win a car, and have different goals. Have have different aspirations. You know. Aspirant doesn't win you a master tutor spot, but it allows you to feel good because it's a great league that allows you to push yourself and, you know, have titles under your belt and get streamed as well. If you're not into that, here's something for the tier three players. Savior has OSC weekly tournaments from 30 to 100 bucks. If you're looking just to win some some money tournaments and just say, hey, I'm a pretty good player and I like to compete on this level. There's no level of, that's what I'm trying to say. There's no level of competitiveness. Have different levels of competitiveness and that allow people to build their own structure. 
because all we can do is hope we qualify for cups and then basically devote our lives to Hearthstone. I'm sure that would be really cool, but there's no way of doing that right now. Unless you're a streamer or a grandmaster. And we need other ways to allow people to do that. Because some people make content off of entering open cups now. That's like their bread putter of streaming. So it's just like, I don't know, make other stuff. Or let people do other stuff. <gasps> yeah, I'm 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 cutting myself too, so I'm I'm turning it over to uh to the legend that is Dragon Rider to to wrap this up. But you said you had a shout out first. Quick shout out to Phoenix Project, which is my video game that's the demo's coming out this year. Oh snap. That that's awesome. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. So there you go. <laughs> That's my quick shout out. Dragon, you got any uh, burning questions? Um, I think the biggest thing is, can you just give some more detail uh, for anybody who doesn't know about DreamHack, like when it is, that kind of stuff. Um, so one of the days for sure, all three of us here will be there. And the whole weekend, Bemi and myself will be there. So... You know, I'm I'm excited. You you both were talking earlier about like community and how, you know, I was kind of one of the first people to get you into the community and not you. one of the 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 first person. Okay, okay. <laughs> I I don't take compliments well sometimes. I'm trying, um, but you know, uh, Dreamhack Atlanta in 2018 so it's been a little over a year now was the first land tournament that i ever went to for hearthstone and you know i had experiences like that um i had like a month before that played in another of bemi's tournaments uh the phoenix cup and yeah we're going way back now um and i played against a player named peltire who many in the community probably have heard of uh and when I was in DreamHack, you know, he he recognized me. He came over and introduced himself. and was like, oh, Dragon Rider. Oh, hey, you know. And, you know, for me, like, that was a huge moment. Like, I still think about that to this day. So, like, hey, shout out to Peltire because, like, just that simple gesture, like, meant so much to me. So you never know what kind of small things can make a huge difference for for people or for anyone who... Maybe they're not very comfortable in, you know, social situations or they're not very comfortable in tournaments because it's their first one or any of that kind of thing. So, you know, if if you're able to, like, come hang out at DreamHag, you know, come introduce yourself or whatever. Uh, just hang out. But hopefully we will see some people there. So, Bemi, please uh, let everybody know some more details about that if they might not know already. February 21st and 23rd, DreamHack Anaheim, run by House Rivalries, over with the collaboration DreamHack. We have a $2,500 prize pool, plus Maturino uh, page that allows us to raise the prize pool a little bit, so we make it even more than that, so it's $2,500 plus. On top of that, we will be having some additional prizes announced that I do think you definitely want to book your t- ticket for. Uh, they will be announced as soon as they can. Uh, I have to fill out paperwork um but that could already give you a clue as to what and um you know i think it's a wonderful event because it's more community focused this is 
if you are planning to go to Montreal or DreamHack Winter or any of the other like dream, major DreamHack events or trying to go to the Master Tour, this will give you an experience of what is DreamHack is like. DreamHack is literally a three-day event of video games, and that's it. It's like great stuff. It's the World's Fair. It's literally just traveling around the world and having a good time. And there's so many ways to expose yourself to other esports as well. There's also some really cool things because you can go just spectate all the other games. There's a Magic the Gathering Arena event happening there at the same time as well, which is super cool. I love that. And you know, and there's also if you don't want to do that, there's also let's go Dota and Starcraft and Warcraft Three now. You know, just a bunch of other stuff. A lot of things happening, and I think overall as well, California is considered one of the mecca states of Hearthstone. I would feel it's been a mecca for everything, but I mean, just. I think if you really are trying to break in and you want to find that midway of between pro to up and coming, this is a really safe environment. Um, no discrimination. We have so many amazing people from also South America coming as well. Uh, and then, you know, this is, this is what we hope when you come to this event, this is what we hope Hearthstone will be like for you every day, or at least every time you go to an event, because it is getting together with your mates, playing for for glory, but also playing to make friends. And at the end of the day, you shake your hand, and you get to walk away with a new friend and eat some food. And that's what really the event's about, is going there to face against opponents, to make friends, to eat food together, and say, you know what? This was one of the most beneficial events I've ever had in my life. And that's what this event's about. And there's a trophy. I just did a quick peek at uh, all of the different uh, contests that'll be at DreamHack Anaheim. And yeah, I might have to squeeze a two-day session there because there's some other games that I play that are going to be represented. Um, And the, the Minecraft build contest just has my name all over those it. are insane oh i know i want to i want to see who's going to be there if any any of the people that i follow online will be there but um also it wouldn't be a uh bob's tavern cast if i didn't say this again classic tetris is an esport it is so and they do tournaments on the regular i'm actually picking so, up a player for attack mode it's gonna be so fun but i say that to say if you have an idea for an event it does take a lot of work to make happen but it's worth it everyone here has has said time and time again it it is a lot of work we will not hide that but all of us have known each other are getting to know each other better because of the amazing community and the ability to just be like, I'm going to do a thing and start doing it. You have so many people out there that are so willing to just sacrifice their time and energy to help make the thing that you want to be a reality come true. I did not know how I was going to put this podcast together when I approached Dragon and she was so on board and so like ready to do it. And we had such a wonderful first few months 
and everybody just jumping on board to subscribe and tell people about it and grow the discord and to grow the patreon and everything else i am blown away at how much help i've received from the community not just in this podcast but also in game uh becoming a better player but it can't stop with us i i love that our first two interviews have been community event organizers we we need more they need help not just us they need help the organizers need help they need people to show up to these events to promote these events to go on twitter and talk about these events and to also like bimmy has said time and time again to to give feedback to let us know when we're doing something uh right or wrong or to let us know what you like or what you don't like and i say all of that to start to wrap this up prior to our last call that there are ways to do that. And, uh, dragon, I, I think it, it's about time for that last call. What do you think? Your mic is still muted. <laughs> yes. So after I unmute my mic, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long night. I think let's put that last call out there and, uh, Kick everybody out of this tavern. All right. So last call has been sounded. If you want to be one of those people to help us uh, reach our goals in increasing the community around Hearthstone Battlegrounds, you can do so uh, by telling your friend about us on Twitter or in another Discord channel. Or you can just let us know what you thought about the show. You can do so on Twitter by uh, following us and tweeting at us at Bob's Tavern HS. And of course, you can join our Discord. There will be a link to the invite in the show notes. Uh, also, if you enjoy having wonderful guests like Bimmy and some of the other uh, individuals that have been on the show that are still slated to be on the show, maybe even you can join the show. Uh, we do one interview a month, and we'll increase that when we read our reach our patron goals. So... If you want to help support the show, help keep it on the air, and also help us with any type of audio equipment, streaming equipment, things we might need, patreon.bobstavern.pub. And of course, if you can't give monetarily, you can always beat that person in Hearthstone, immediately friend them afterwards, say good game, actually mean it, but then say, hey, have you heard about Bob's Tavern Cast? It's a great podcast. It'll help improve your Battlegrounds game. And it'll also be a great conversation to listen to while you're getting stomped in your next match. So uh, you can do all of those things and it will help us out so much. Bimmy, thank you so much for being our awesome guest. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, just chatting with you, getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, tell everyone where they can reach out to you and also find out more about all the awesome things that you're doing. Thanks for letting me cheer your ear off. Uh, cheer your ear off. Uh, they can find me at Bemi Esports. That's B-E-M-M-I-E Esports. Um, and they can also find my Twitch there, Bemi underscore. And uh, I'm streaming every day, Monday to Friday. And uh, yeah, if you just want to ask me about things or just follow me and what I'm doing, then yeah, you can also... I'm, I'm, I might start streaming some of the stuff that I'm coding for the video game I'm working on, but uh, that's roughly 
uh, about it. Yeah, I also play Hearthstone on there, play Battlegrounds, and Pokemon, and that's it. <laughs> that sounds absolutely awesome. Dragon, you got anything else before we shut the, the doors? Um, yeah, we can say where everybody can find us as well. So you can find me on Twitter at DonnieDK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. Uh, on Twitch, Dragon Rider DK, um, and let's see, I'm doing some weekly casting for the Aspirant series. Uh, I will be playing in the Monkey Bubble uh, that Bemi has going on, the <laughs> Monkey Bubble Masters, and I will be at DreamHack. And then I also do a, well, every other week podcast for Kaza Voices of the Dusk, another card game that is uh, still in production. It's not officially released yet, um, but you can find that at uh, Kaza I Love It, a Kaza podcast, um, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. So, And of course, you can find me on twitter twitch and neopets just kidding not neopets um but i'm on twitter and twitter and twitch only at kj miller that's kjay miller remember the k is silent because it's finnish <laughs> and just like my name being finished the show is finished that's gonna be it for us i've been jay miller <laughs> i've been done i'm betty and the bar's closed. Time to get out. <laughs>